Well, good day to you. Apparently, there's something called the Stanley Cup playoffs, which is uh, continuing. Did you know this, Joe Long? There's a the Stanley Cup playoffs are on. Yeah, no, I, I, I've been made aware a couple of times that things are still happening in the hockey world, but um, but but yeah, no, I'm I'm just psyching myself up for the Euros over here in uh, in football because <laughs> because you know England as a footballing nation have always been really good at not disappointing their fan base and um, yeah, and um, they're one of the favourites to win. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've heard this before as Toronto high, fans. High expectations. I mean, what could possibly go wrong? Um, in the next couple of weeks supporting them instead of following the NHL. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we're here to not bitch about how bitter we are as Toronto Maple Leafs fans. We are to recap the craziness that has been happening on round two of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Let's cue some music. We'll cheer the hell up in the meantime. I'm Claire uh, and this is Joe Long. We're back here Hi. with NHL fans from afar, our, our third season doing this. And somehow we've kind of managed to keep committed to doing a podcast uh, about sport, which our team has exited <laughs> for the next uh, few weeks. Uh, very difficult. This is so difficult because we both, being quite honest, when we were caught up uh, a few moments ago to say, it's really hard to keep interested when your team leaves but there's so many exciting things i mean i kind of just had a bit of a binge um today in just seeing what's been happening and you you do remember uh, this is pretty cool sport mm. yeah no you do and uh, you know i'm in a very similar position I, I've, <laughs> I was kind of going going through my thought process with claire before we started recording this and it's kind of like those different stages of grief like and i'm still in denial at the moment which is very early on which i'm well aware of um but I'm I'm in the denial phase, so I'm I kind of all week have been really struggling to <laughs> engage with any hockey content because I'm still in denial that the Leafs have been knocked so out. So hang on, denial <laughs> comes then anger, then Ooh. sadness, and oh. then you start moving forward. So I hope that before oh, that's the, interesting. I hope that before like the playoffs is out, we get to witness your anger. Ah no, okay. So in that case, I've not quite followed that because I I have had anger. Anger was my initial. Uh, my initial reaction and then uh, now you're sadness. in sadness actually sadness came next so it was for me it was anger then sadness now I've actually gone back to denial I am denying the fact that the Leafs are out in the first round of the Habs and then what was the last one um, then you acceptance. move uh, maybe, okay. ex- maybe acceptance. Yes. Acceptance. Uh, hopefully, hopefully acceptance will bring about the fact that I can start watching a bit of playoff hockey again. Because <laughs> that was like, that is the one thing. That's one of the things that really annoys me at the moment. And it's happened every year with the playoffs is that I find round two the hardest to engage mm. with because obviously the Leafs go out in round one. and <laughs> I, Or don't even I make of, it. Or don't even make it. But they've made it kind of, all the years we've been doing this podcast and I'm going to sneeze. That's all right. <coughs> Excuse there me. There you go. Sneeze. I should have already carried on talking then to cover it up. But anyway, yep. um, but this, um, we'll come on to talk about it, but this Vegas Colorado series, just following like my Twitter feed and stuff like that seems to just be living up to the hype so much. The Islanders 
Bruin series is bringing so much. I mean, I mean, there seems to be one series that you've accidentally skipped. Um, I mean, we've only got one <laughs> team that has gone round to, uh, what's it, round three? I can't yeah. remember what they call this one, the yeah. conference. The conference final. Finals, whatever it's called conference this year, final. I don't know. Montreal Canadiens have swept the Winnipeg Jets. Have they? Just sit with that for a moment. Did they, did they sweep them, did they? Both both me and Jalon admit that we were not interested in engaging in this series whatsoever. No. And and our friends and other halves and family members were texting yeah. us to tell us what the results. I just pretended the series didn't happen. Um, yeah. But, you know, an incredible... I did watch the the highlight reel um, of Tyler Toffoli. I don't actually know. Toffoli, you know, yeah. Foley. His game-winning goal. I mean... What a moment, not just for the Montreal Canadiens, for him, but for the whole country of Canada. Wow. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm I'm exactly in the same boat. I've really struggled to to care and engage at all about this series. And um, however, I, I do feel that you kind of have got to kind of tip your cap to the Canadiens. Like they have literally gone seven games in a row <laughs> like without a loss and one interesting stat about this which a Jets fan uh, sent me I'll just see if I can find it now um, he was saying that the there are only three teams this is Anthony Wooden on Twitter if you want to follow him he's a very good uh, North American sports kind of fan over here um, he's saying there have only been three instances in the MLB, NBA, NFL and NHL history where a team has gone seven plus straight playoff games without trailing wow. at all in seven games. And that's on single season or spanning different seasons. Just repeat all, that again. Sorry. So there have been three instances in Major League um, Baseball, the uh, NBA NFL and the NHL history where a team has gone seven straight playoff games without trailing once in Whoa. there. All three of them were Montreal. No way. Oh <laughs> yeah. my God. We've got to give these guys more credit. I mean, well, was, I mean was it... it was a long time ago. Okay. So Montreal did 10 straight back in the 1959 to 61 season, which is interesting. Um, seven straight in 1953 and 54 between 1953 and 1954 and then they're on seven straight at the moment in 2021 i mean it is incredible that and i got it it kind of passed me by and it, it i remember it from the leaf series but they were never behind at any point in those games and it just shows like and then you start to look at what Carrie Price has been able to do, you know, in his last seven games, obviously he is seven and oh, he's only let 1.64 goals against. So essentially just over one goal a game. And his save percentage has been 943 with a with a wow. shutout in there as well. Wow. And I mean, it was read somewhere like it's his 87th playoff win or something like that. I mean, it's obviously he's, he's done his time, hasn't he? Wow. He has, yeah, but but you know this this coming from a goaltender who they had serious question marks going into the playoffs as to whether he would be fit to play in the playoffs. He was injured for a lot of the season. He was pretty it was pretty mediocre for a lot of the season, but he has just absolutely shined in the playoffs. And if you've got a goaltender who essentially means that you only need to score two goals in a game to win, then you're laughing. And Montreal have managed to do that. And I mean, fair play to them because 
nobody nobody in their right mind i don't even think diehard montreal canadiens fans would have believed that they were a getting past toronto and then b sweeping the jets in the second round i mean how crazy that the jets go from sweeping the oilers to being swept themselves by the canadiens in the next round mm-hmm. i mean it, there's all the talk about the canadian division and all that kind of stuff but this i mean that is just absolutely whappy i'd love to know the odds you'd have got for that I think it's it's a great story for Canada because Canada has been missing a lot of the playoff drama for so many years, you know, it's kind of reignited, you know, they call in like Montreal, like the Kings of the North. I like that title. I think it's quite a cute title. And just reading about like some of the, the analysis on it, how they were kind of saying they're not the most skilled of teams, but they are very unified. That was the overall kind of, sentiment i suppose and disciplined as well i mean to 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 not fall behind once in seven games in ice hockey is hard like and it takes a lot of um yeah it takes a huge amount of concentration a huge amount of as you said team unity and they are on message and ever since that game whatever it was game five or game four which they lost they have they have been consistent and teams have struggled to deal with that It'll be fascinating to know what happens when they face the the winner of the the Avs versus the the Golden Knights because of course something that we never believed, particularly with the way the Canadian division started so much later, was that there would be a Canadian team just sitting there waiting to play the team coming out of the American side. Like they essentially could have a week. I mean that Avs Golden Knights series looks like it could go to seven. So it, it's just. It's just fascinating to think that you could get a fresh Montreal team who are on a seven-game heater going into a game against themselves some time. Yeah, themselves some time, and they're going to be facing opponents who are absolutely battered because of the way that they're playing against their opposition at the moment. I mean, who wouldn't wouldn't it be crazy if Montreal made it to the Stanley Cup final? Would it not be crazy? We can't even imagine, yeah, that Montreal yeah. would knock out someone like Colorado Avalanche, you know, or even, yeah, even Vegas. Vegas and how things have turned there. I mean, just before we kind of move on to that series, one thing that I did see in the stats, I was quite, I like to just kind of see where things are at and special teams are kind of often credited, aren't they, as being mm-hmm. where a lot of the secrets of success is for playoffs. Um, penalty kill-wise... Um, Montreal are at ninety point three percent. I mean, you know, it's, it's pretty damn high. And have even you got their power play there? Uh, yes, I have. It's it's not brilliant. It's eighteen point eight. Yeah, because it was it was god awful against the Leafs. That was one of the things I remember from that series. Was whenever the Leafs went on the penalty kill, I was like, doesn't really matter because I mean, that they do get. Me. They're pretty good at shorthanded goals. I mean, they've got four yeah, yeah, yeah. shorthanded goals over the playoff series. Wow. Um, but I, I was quite surprised um, that you know they've. They're, they're, they're pretty solid on that. Um, yeah. I thought that was that was uh, pretty interesting. I mean, talking like about special teams, you know, just to jump across to a different series, but Carolina and Tampa Bay Lightning, I mean, the speed of Tampa, it's like sometimes I have to think, is this on like two, two times speed when you're watching the game? It is so fast. Tampa, what's really, really helped them is the fact that their power play is back. You know, you're talking like yeah. a 
plus percent um, power play conversion now. And it's that's brutal. making the difference. Like, And even just reading about really that is like a, a, a tale of the two goalies. I mean, you just said there about um, Kerry Price um, yep. save percentage, but Vasilevsky versus uh, Peter Mrazek. I mean, 9.25 versus 9.23 save percentages. This is huge for playoff series. Um, yeah. You know, Tampa are up 3-1 over Carolina. When they play tonight, they might get the job done. That might be that series over. Um, but I was just like, wow, like insane. The speed when I was watching some of the highlights. Yeah, from what I've um, from what I've seen, what I've read, it, it sounds like Tampa are really kind of on a mission this year to, um, or yeah, to go again. Essentially, they know they've kind of lucked out with the way that their roster and uh, the kind of the way they've managed to get this kind of playoff roster in place, and and that's not going to be possible kind of for years and years to come. So, I get the sense that they know that this is their time to really bring home the trophies um, and. Yeah, they look like they're on a that that power play. I remember watching them in the in the previous round, and you essentially just couldn't take a penalty against them because if you took a penalty, they would score more than they wouldn't almost. And if you get to that, it gets you can see it getting into an opponent's head because they no longer feel they can play as physically or do the things that they might do to try and stop them scoring because they know that well, if they're the one who goes into the box, they're essentially just letting a letting a goal go in. Um, and that must be tough for for any team. I know there's not as many power plays in the playoffs as there are in the regular season, but even so, if you know well, you've got such know. a deadly one. I wouldn't say that because the, the three teams right now in the playoffs who have got the most penalty minutes yeah. um, are Tampa, uh-huh. Florida is number two, and Carolina is three. So clearly there's a reason, yeah. you know, like that there are a lot of penalties happening either in well, one series, which was... You know, that's because Florida of that Tampa. Florida Tampa. That's because that Florida Tampa series was like, like, like evil, like, and had you know, <laughs> I mean, there evil. were things that the referees had to call. Like yes. they literally, even if they didn't want to, they had to call some things in that series. Mm. And I mean, you still had, you know, I remember Tampa Bay were complaining about how much Florida got away with in that series. And I, yeah, even it just having that weapon. Uh, of a power play like that and having so many parts to it, you know, Stamkos, uh, Kucherov, Hedman, Point, you know, all of those kind of players on there, they're just, uh, they're just a monster. And you would, you imagine that they're going to come through from that side and, and then they'll play the winners of the Islanders, the Bruins, and again, you, I mean, I would be fascinated to watch a kind of a Tampa Bay versus a Golden Knights or a um, an Avalanche kind of Stanley Cup final. Mm. But who knows? That's saying that the kind of favourites get through each time. So and we all know that's not the case. I don't know whether Tampa will do it uh, in 4-1. Maybe Carolina might sneak a, a cheeky win in tonight and it might go to six, that one. I'm not sure. You'd hope so, because they've, the they've got a bit that, of fight about Carolina them, have had is in overtime. So, yeah. you know, they, they're going to be pretty, pretty tight. We would, we would think that in that series, we would assume very safely right now, but who knows what safe is in this game, um, that Tampa would go through in that series. And yeah. so Tampa would face the winner of... New York Islanders or Bruins, which I've got to say, 
is the most baffling of series. I mean, New Year Calendar sit three over two of Bruins, but it's not been an easy series. From what I understand, New York Islanders have come back to win um, in three of the games. They've come from behind to win in three games. Um, the, the power play conversions are pretty good. So like in their most recent game, they converted three out of four of the power plays. Um, and But at the end of the day, New York Islanders, they blew a 4-1 lead in the second period. So they're making it harder for themselves. Um, and from what I understand, you know, Rask, uh, Tuka Rask was pulled from the game last night, uh, according to um, Bruce Cassidy, for maintenance. Who knows what that is? So they put a rookie in net. Um, the refs were called out for not properly uh, tended to like some of the penalties, not calling them. There was a lot of feistiness from the Bruins. But ultimately, New York Islanders, they got the job done. Hey, I mean, uh, there's this fantastic quote that's doing the rounds about that um, from Bruce Cassidy, um, head coach of the Bruins, who basically said that uh, the New York Islanders are making out that it's more like the New York Saints, not the New York Islanders in terms yeah. of the way that they're acting and the way that the officiating is going. I mean, I, I don't know about you, Claire, but I find it's very hard to have sympathy for the Boston Bruins kind of... <laughs> kind of <laughs> complaining about playoff officiating because essentially they built a team that has exploited that for years and to then start moaning that it's not going your way is a little bit like hang on a minute what (laughs) so they finally found like the boston bruins have found a team that are more boston bruins than the boston bruins are like it's incredible so i i mean i would quite like to see the islanders win that just because i'm bitter and um (laughs) But yeah, think, interesting that they are calling out officiating on that. Well, and I think also like, you know, just just reading about the coaching of Barry Trotz, it really shows like his experience of a coach in getting the caps to the Stanley Cup finals. Mm-hmm. What a difference that makes because so you look in the third period and they've just blown a 4-1 lead, the Islanders have. Things are not going their way. The Bruins are suddenly getting their act together. They're scoring on them. Barry Trotz calls a timeout and he only uses that timeout not to talk tactics, not to talk like positioning, form, layout. He just simply says, I want you to all breathe. Like that's that's what the reports say. He, that's what he was saying to the players. We, I need you to breathe right now, calm yourself, collect yourself and then go back. And then they went and not only did they come back, but they got the job done in regulation and to me, that just shows like the grit that a team needs in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yes. I mean, I actually, I'm going to have a look now. I don't know when the last time New York Island won the playoffs. Perhaps I'm about to curse you. Or even how far they've got. Have they ever even won the playoffs? I don't even know this stuff. That's how little. I feel like we should maybe adopt a team each. Although this may curse it. If you if you pick exactly. if you pick a team, knowing your I mean, look, this poor boy supports Derby County and they yeah. almost got relegated in the championship. Almost got relegated in the championship. I also support the uh, San Francisco 49ers, of which I started supporting them the year after they won the Super Bowl. And uh, ever since then oh, they got to the Super Bowl the other year and lost in dramatic fashion. Um <laughs> So, yeah, I, I am yet to see a sporting team of mine uh, ever win anything, I think. I think. I think that's true. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not quite sure that um, I should really pick one. Oh, well, never mind. I'll support the Bruins. <laughs> okay, I approve that. I totally approve of that. Um, 
I've just I've just gone on elite prospects and it's completely skipped to the wrong part of the world. Um, I'll find who do you who do you want to win out of the teams remaining? Who would you be happy? Who would you who would you crack a smile on the day that the Stanley Cup's awarded to the Team X? I feel like at the moment the Islanders. I mean, really? I I really wanted a deeper run for Carolina Hurricanes, but I just don't see that they're going to make it through. And even if they do, yeah. how strong are they going to be set up for? Or who who would they face then? They'd faced. New York Islanders or Bruins, and I feel like yeah. there's more grit in that series. Um, so I don't, I, I, I'm kind of just letting that dream slowly fade away. New York mm. Islanders, I think, would be fascinating. I mean, they have won the um Stanley Cup, they actually won it one, two, three, four years in a row. The oh. year that I was born, they won. Um, so we're talking a long time ago, not that long ago, but long, yeah, what than- was that? 70, what? 70. <laughs> Shut up, yeah, man. <laughs> early 80s, right? So early, 80, early 80s. Early 80s. Yeah. <laughs> 1980. <laughs> Just because you're about 12. I mean, shut up. So, um, me, this process. <laughs> so, that, you know, they, they got a conference final loss last year, conference semi final loss last year. So, they ran a bit of a mixed bag. In Can I make year. an argument for the New York Islanders not winning? Okay. Um, while I would like them to see that, uh, while I'd like to see them beat the Bruins, obviously. Um, is that often the way that <laughs> what happens in years passing the Stanley Cup final is that teams copy the team who won the Stanley Cup. And we've just had Tampa, okay? So obviously, I mean, most teams would suggest that copying Tampa is a good idea because of how good they've been over the last few years. However, the way Tampa play their hockey is great to watch. Like as a neutral, you know, watching that, Florida series and watching the games I've seen against Tampa in the Atlantic division, I I would enjoy watching a Tampa Bay Lightning game, even if I wasn't a fan of the teams playing. My worry about the Islanders is that in a copycat league, the Islanders do not play a fun type of hockey. <laughs> like it, I'm not saying it's not successful and they are, and it's albeit far from me as a least fan to, to lecture another team on how to play hockey. However, Watching the Islanders in the regular season this year, the couple of times I did, and even some of the games in the playoffs, it is pretty dull at times. And my worry would be if the Islanders won, then we would see more teams trying to adopt that style. And I don't think that's necessarily a good thing for hockey. That's, that's my argument that's, against that's the Islanders. the most boringest argument for a team. Not, not as winning. boring as... 15 teams copying the Islanders next year. <laughs> like, I just think, I, I just don't know. I, I It's some a team like Tampa or a team like Vegas or a team like Colorado winning the Stanley Cup this year or Carolina, sorry, as well. Like one of those teams winning the Stanley Cup this year further kind of makes the argument for, you know, a skill-based yet tough team. Like that is that is how those teams are built. And the players on all of those teams leading the way are highly skilled, very entertaining. You know, I think of, you know, players like Svechnikov on the Canes and what he's done in the past and Marsha so with Vegas and some of these other players who are just so highly skilled and, and great fun to watch. I want teams to get more players like that and become more like that. So hockey is played in that way as opposed to 
teams like the Islanders who stifle you. I think it's on the Steve Dangle podcast, they describe the Islanders as like a boa constrictor. So they <laughs> kind of like grab you as an opponent and then just like slowly suffocate you as you make mistakes. Like, and I mean, it's effective and it's working, but do we want 32 teams just slowly trying to suffocate each other in a league over an 82 game regular season? Nah. So that is my argument against the Islanders winning. I don't have any particular problem with them uh, as a team, but I just think it for the good of hockey, can somebody else win that, please? Uh, you know, I mean, they won't play each other in the next round, but maybe in in the final it could happen. But the Golden Vegas Knights... Golden um, Vegas Knights. Golden Ve- Vegas Golden That's Knights. That's an interesting rebrand. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is how tired I am. <laughs> The Las Vegas Golden Knights. No, That's it's not the Las Vegas Golden Knights. What is it? Did you know? Do you remember? I, th- I can't remember if we ever talked about this on the podcast, what? but they weren't allowed to be called the Las Vegas Golden Knights because Las Vegas is a brand. No, really? Yeah, that's why they're the Vegas Golden Knights, because Las Vegas is a brand. So you couldn't call the team the Las Vegas Golden Knights because presumably you'd have to pay whoever owns Las Vegas, a huge amount of money. Wow, I did not know that. Well, okay, thank you very much. Thank You're you. Welcome. I will take that down. Uh, the Vegas I didn't think Golden I was Knights. going to contribute much to this podcast today. I feel like I've done my job now. <laughs> <laughs> right, I just want to talk about the boa constrictor swallowing yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, then. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. looking at Vegas, Colorado series, in a way, Vegas are kind of swallowing, constricting Colorado because Vegas have outscored Avs 9-4 since period two of Mm. game two. They have outshot them 110 out of 52. We wouldn't think that for Colorado. You know, Colorado, they swept St. Louis Blues. They've been very strong throughout the whole season. Went 2-0 up against the Golden Knights as well, remember? Like, they were two up. And the... the, the, um, yeah, yeah, because game one, they, uh, they sorry, they only went one because, oh, yeah, no, no, sorry. Oh, I think they went two. But that, that first game was almost like, oh, dear, Vegas haven't got a chance. But remember, Vegas only had one day rest yeah. because they'd had a seven-game um, series with Minnesota Wild. They also played Flurry. Uh, sorry, they also played Lena in that game, and Lena hasn't played for, like, ages and looked very rusty and was mm-hmm. left in for the, all those seven goals because they wanted to rest, rest. Flurry. And, you know, it's kind of worked. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like Jared Bednar was saying how to be on the abs bench in a Vegas home game was so noisy that he was losing his voice because he was having to shout so loudly to, you know, you were saying about how annoying it is when you see them take off their masks. But (laughs) in that situation, they got it. Over over 18,000 fans in the stadium in Vegas. Um, for the for the kind of couple of uh, home games they've had, and I've you know I'm fortunate enough to have been in that stadium pre-COVID years ago now, uh, watching the Golden Knights in a meaningless kind of game against the Minnesota Wild on a Tuesday evening, or whatever. Um, and the noise in that place was unreal. So I can only imagine what it is like on a playoff night against somebody like the Abs when your team is winning in the way that Vegas are winning. So they are they are 100% my pick to win this year i would love to see vegas win because really? i just well i just love how how bullish they've been since coming into the league and how there's just been absolutely no kind of 
um no kind of excuses or anything towards the kind of where we're an expansion team blah 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 let's just get ourselves established all this kind of stuff absolutely not they've just come in they have they've made a lot of general managers look a little bit silly with the kind of players that they managed to get through the expansion draft and every single year and every single free agent and every single expiring ufa vegas are in the conversation to get them and the way that they play hockey and the type of players they have got in there they are just so much fun and they're a really fun organization and you know to kind of bring the, my point full circle i want to see more teams be like the vegas golden knights and i hope that seattle just for fun go around go about their expansion in a similar way to vegas have because teams like that are just so much fun and it'll be i kind of hope they beat the abs and progress through um because i think to to tie up this whole vegas story and their introduction into the league the cherry on top of the icing is that they win a stanley cup and obviously they've made it to the stanley cup final and they've been successful pretty much every single season that they've been there however if they could win a Stanley Cup within however many years they've been a team, three years or something, that would just be such a great story. Mm, I mean, I also think that someone like Philippe um, Gruber is yeah. it's a great success story. You know, he's played all eight of the playoff games for Colorado Avalanche. He's got a safe percentage of nine to five. You know, he's won six, he's lost two. He's been, is he, he's one of the guys who's nominated for the Vesna, isn't he? I think I think he was he up is. there. I think he's up there with um, Vasilevsky and uh, Flurry. Flurry. Yeah. You know, um, Nathan McKinnon's got eight goals in playoff yeah. series. Just like kind of looking at um, you know average time on ice as well. There's a couple of guys here who are like you know 23, 22, 25 minutes. I mean they're demons. So Kale McCarr, Devin Taves. I mean, uh, I just. I think I've, I've kind of had almost assumed that Colorado Avalanche was a safe, sure bet. I thought this last year too. And then for some reason, it's kind of crumbled a bit last minute. And a part of me, I suppose, is a bit like, not again. I mean, it must be really frustrating as abs fans because yeah. like when you look on paper, there seems to be a quite a good setup. I don't know who their backup goalie is though. So, I mean, I don't know what that means if they... It ends up going, you know, to a seven-game series for this. What does that mean then for Philip Grauber then? I mean, I don't I, I don't know. I'm not kind of sure where they're at in terms of they brought um, in um they brought to... in uh Devin Dubnik from San Jose as their kind of backup to their backup because uh, I think it's Francis or somebody like that is their backup who's been injured essentially the entire year. Um, mm. So they brought in around the time the Leafs brought in kind of Riddich and it was that kind of like we're bringing in a third choice goaltender who who might have to, you know, come in in, in case of dire straits. But um, but I mean, you know, it's, it's not over this series, but in any way for the Colorado Avalanche, because, of course, you know, both teams have won their home games and that's where we're at. And uh, Colorado, you know, things carry on like that. I'm pretty sure Colorado with a higher seed. So I think that they have got home ice advantage on game seven. I could be wrong about that. Um, but if that's the case, all Colorado have to do is win their games at home and they get through. And you look at the stats as well in terms of like power play. Their power play is at 40.7%. Brilliant. You know, you're right chasing up there with Tampa there. Penalty kill, yeah. 80%. 
you know, that's what I mean. I feel like the pieces are there for these guys. They've got um, they've got three guys out, one for COVID, one's a lower body injury. And of course, we know about the Kadri suspension. I think this one will go to seven. I, I can't see it going any other way. And I think it'll be a a bit of a, a barn raiser in game seven, whether it goes to overtime. I mean, only one of the games has gone to overtime so far, but I, I don't know. I think it seems like Vegas have such depth. And as and I think what you were saying about the boa constrictor is that's what's happening here. Are they kind of swallowing and suffocating Colorado that they can't generate like their offense like they used to? But then team Tampa turn it around. Tampa what? was also struggling. Yeah, but what they, you know, what Vegas can do and, and what Vegas have in their locker is that they have some real kind of offensive might and, you know, they can be, they can be, um, they can stifle kind of defensively and stop those high scoring teams scoring as they have done with, with the Colorado Avalanche, but, and they did with Minnesota as well. But what Vegas offer as well is that they have got the, the, you know, they, they'll go on and score those five goals to the one that they let in and they will, you know, they have got that high power offense um, that some other teams like the Islanders don't necessarily have as much of. Um, but, but they, you know, Vegas have, Vegas have <laughs> this, this series could go. I mean, I, I I feel I, I worry that we're kind of you know we're painting a picture that the Avs are kind of out down and out you know the, the series at two two and okay they've had a tough couple of games but there's nothing to suggest that the Avs are out and not one of the all. only things no. one of the only things I'm I'm kind of you know I'm not enjoying about this series is uh, is the whole cadre thing and you know I I can't believe that we're at a stage again when kind of the hockey kind of community is talking about, you know, wouldn't it be great if they had a second line center in there and his name's Nazem Kadri. And well, the reason he's not there is because he's suspended. I mean, you know, this guy has a real opportunity or had a real opportunity to make a huge difference to this team. And, you know, yeah, again, he's sitting in the stands and there's um, his independent arbitration hearing uh, was on Friday, I think. Um, So they should be hearing soon whether, um, he will be back earlier. Um, so if his suspension is seen um, in its entirety, that means the first game he's available to play in would be game seven. Um, however, if they decide to drop it down a few, and this is the same independent arbitrator that um, arbitrated the Tom Wilson case where he dropped it from 20 to 16 or 14 or something like that. So he had, there is precedent that he might drop it by a few games. And of course, if Kadri then gets two games knocked off that suspension, he would be back in for game five, um, which, you know, could make a bit of a difference. You're getting a fresh player, second line center coming in um, with a point to prove. Um, I mean, he's probably not going to make a serious difference, but it is a factor that might come in. So it's one bit of news to keep an eye on. And while we're talking just quickly on uh, kind of breaking news and stuff that's going on at the moment, um, interestingly enough, Bruce Cassidy, we talked earlier about how he was criticising the refs uh, in the game the other day. He's been fined $25,000 for his comments. 25000 Wow. I, mean, I need to I always, what this guy said. <laughs> I always find it funny. I mean, I think that is the standard fine for a coach, I think. Um, but I do always find it funny when you look at that because you always look at that and think, 
25 grand for you know saying those comments that's not much for you know for those coaches but then you put it in real life like imagine, imagine if we could get fined for like 25 grand for saying something like criticizing a colleague which is essentially what he has done and he's publicly criticized a colleague and got dinged 25k for it but that is funny wow um gosh i mean i was i was gonna actually say Imagine if Nazim Kadri's return to Colorado Avalanches was game one against the Boston Bruins in, <laughs> in the next series. Imagine that. God, yeah, it could, couldn't it? That's a, that's a little kind of recap Would of it? history for him. Oh, no, no. I don't Montreal. think it'll work out. No, so, so Vegas Vegas or Colorado play Winnipeg. Or, of course. Oh, sorry, don't play Winnipeg. Of Winnipeg course. are out. They play Montreal. Yeah, so, yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah. Uh, that's all right. Could still happen though. They could go through. Abs could go through, then beat Montreal, which is, you know, likely, but um and then could face Boston. I'd get a little word to um to Taylor Hall as well, who, you know, we all talked about and we mocked. Not I thought mocked you were it. gonna do a private message. Taylor, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Just um we you know, we didn't mock it, but we were just kind of saying about how he's always available in free agency and how every trade trade deadline or or summer is is dominated by Taylor Hall and where he's going to end up playing what a difference maker he has made to the Boston Bruins in this playoff um you know this playoff run and when you think of the price that people played paid for players <laughs> at the trade deadline a second round pick is the bargain of the century for Taylor Hall for this playoff run and he's played like he's dominating and playing so well and living up to it and you know he's the good thing for him is he's making himself money for the future because a team will want to sign him now whereas there might have been question marks over him previously but what a great bit of business by the Boston Bruins to get him in for a second round pick and surely all of the GMs who aren't in and probably even the ones who are in who look at that now and think why did we not just offer a little bit more than that <laughs> like what yeah talking about picks actually so um after I got in complete confusion last uh, yeah. episode uh, the NHL draft did not happen. That happens on July the 23rd. Uh, but the NHL draft lottery happened yes. last yes. Wednesday, of which we saw uh, Buffalo Sabres um, were uh, selected as number one pick. Um, Kraken were two. Anaheim Ducks, number three. I feel like we haven't even mentioned Anaheim Ducks all season. Like, who are they? Where do they play? What did they do this season? No idea. Um, four was New Jersey, five Columbus, six Detroit, seven San Jose Sharks. I gave up writing after that. It's irrelevant. Um, number one draft pick, if you don't know him now, Owen Power is uh, cited. And, mm. and interesting, you know, like we kind of had talked about how the world champs is a great place to kind of see some of these draft picks. A lot of them getting a chance to show themselves off before the draft. He yeah. was one of them. I don't think, um, like he's a defenseman as well. I, I, am I being naive here and thinking it's not often defensemen are number one? Uh, well, Buffalo, Buffalo picked Rasmus Darlene um, a couple of years back. That's true. First overall, and he's a defenseman. So, I mean, this is, you know, this is great news for the Buffalo Sabres because, you know, uh, an absolute mess of an organisation is kind of 
being being given another lifeline um, to see whether they can do something with this one. And and obviously Rasmus Darlene this year had an absolutely torrid year. Um, and so, you know, if they pick Owen Power, then there's a good chance that those two one day in the future could be the top line for the for the Buffalo Sabres. Um, I don't know, actually. It would be interesting to know the, the kind of the mix up between forwards and D when it comes to first overall picks. I would imagine there are more forwards, but yeah, I don't know. Rasmus Darlene is the only one I can think of in the last few years that was a defenseman. Hmm. I think. Interesting as well that the money fine for Bruce Cassidy actually yeah. goes to something called the NHL Foundation. Um, oh, right. Sorry, I, I was going <laughs> to... I'd never heard that. Uh, you know, it's a foundation, a charity, um, which includes Hockey Fights Cancer. One of the one of the reasons, sorry, why I laughed then wasn't that was uh, the reason why I just saw somebody tweet. Um, Rachel Dory is a very good uh, Twitter follow for hockey fans. Um, she just posted she cannot understand how that coaches get fined five times the, the amount players. that players do for say for criticizing the referees than players who basically kind of um, uh, enact kind of gross acts of violence against their colleagues and they get fined like 5k for it. Like it is quite interesting how much coaches are penalised. We kind of joke that, you know, 25 grand to a coach who's earning as much as those NHL coaches do isn't, you know, it, it's not going to break the bank. However, it's a, it's a far more significant number than perhaps the players get done for things that yeah could cause harm and injury. Tom Wilson got like a fraction of that for basically, you know, chucking our Panarin through the ice. Like it's, it's a funny league, isn't it? What's funny. the most you've ever been fined and what was it for? That feels like a send us your yeah, tweet. Right. Are you on five live now, are you? Is that, <laughs> uh, is that how most I've ever been fined. Probably well, it would have to be a parking ticket, I think. I've had many parking tickets in my Have time. you? Mm, yeah. I think I've only had two. I Aren't went through we... a stage of having like, yeah, I think I had two or three within about a year and thought this was not good. <laughs> I've never had one since. It's a very different podcast topic. I feel we're going off point and I feel like maybe we've hit a wall in terms of news of what we're covering in NHL this week. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm somewhere in the middle of the wall. Yeah, I, I hit it a while ago and I've, I've kind of just tried to surface from it just to see what's happening <laughs> for the benefit of this. But uh, I have really, I always say, I have really enjoyed some of the, like, the tweets and Twitter interaction. And, and you know, a shout out to the um, the world champs because I did actually quite enjoy, that was one, my one way of trying to um, get over my hockey blues was to watch a bit of the world championships towards the end. And uh watched the semi-finals and the final um, and, you know, incredible comeback from Canada and the way that they, they were 0-3 in the round robin to start the tournament. They'd lost to like Latvia and all sorts of stuff. And uh, Jared Gallant, their coach, former Vegas Golden Knights coach, um, you know, managed to turn that team around and got them all the way through to the gold medal game. And they beat Finland in the, in the final in overtime. And, um, yeah, really kind of a great story that came out of it. And of course, I feel like as a British hockey podcast or British based hockey podcast, we should give a little nod to uh, Liam Kirk as well, because he finished joint top scorer in the uh, World Championships this year. And he made the, uh, the media selected him as part of the all star team 
um, for the World Championships, which is just an incredible achievement. And given the number of games he played compared to the person who he was joint with, which is Andrew Mangiapane of you know, the Calgary, Calgary Flames and Team Canada, who played all the way through to the final, where, of course, Liam was only involved in the group stages. Absolutely incredible achievement for him to, to be joint top scorer for that tournament. And uh, great to see in a year that he is essentially needing a team to play for, um, that he was able to perform at that um, level, which is great news. Great news. Yeah. So I guess um, maybe we should make a pledge in order to reinvigorate our love for the playoffs, which team are you going to follow over the next few days? <laughs> I said this to Claire like uh, before we start recording. The real problem, and this is my 30-second rant, the, the, the problem with, <laughs> with this for Leafs fans is that while you're miserable for the playoffs now and you struggle to get back involved and engage with the playoffs, we've got nothing when it comes to draft picks because we traded them all for Nick Foligno, which of course then reminds us of the fact of how badly we did in the playoffs. So there's nothing to be interested in the draft. And then, I mean, free agency, I guess, will be interesting because we've got to see what they're going to do. But then the regular season next season has no interest for Leafs fans because it doesn't matter if we go on and win the president's trophy back in the Atlantic oh, division. Bloody hell, your heart so, bleeds, mate. This is this is why I'm struggling to get re-engaged with it because I'm basically trying to re-engage with a sport that doesn't matter now to me until like next April. Pick a team, Jolon. Pick a team. Ah, right. Anyway, sorry, I got that out of my system. It's good. Um, I'm, I'm, well, I've said it. Vegas. I want Vegas. Right. You're following Vegas. I'm following yeah, New York Islanders. What? Next week, really? we will... Did I not manage to convince you away from that decision? No, no, come on. We need someone to cheer against the Bruins. Oh, no, no, no. Don't get me wrong. I want to see the Islanders beat the Bruins. I'm with you there 100%. But then, I, you know, Tampa, Tampa will beat them. We're no. not ready to um, cheer for the Montreal Canadiens just yet. Just, just oh, sorry, us, Habs. I can't give do us it. a few more weeks. <laughs> maybe, maybe another round, and we might, we might get there. Um, hey. If, if, right, and this is a huge if, if the Montreal Canadiens beat the Colorado Avalanche or the Vegas Golden Knights in the next round, I would be rooting for them in the Stanley Cup final. Like, uh, because that story is just incredible. And I think that would make me feel better. I can't, I can't work out whether it would or not, or whether I'd just be like, that was our opportunity. But um, I think that would make me feel better. But even if it didn't, I would be rooting for the Habs in the Stanley Cup final against a Tampa or a Islanders or Bruins or Carolina. I think it would be interesting as well in the sense that um, if it was Montreal, then for them to play against New York Islanders, Boston Bruins um, or Tampa Bay Lightning, that would never happen normally. No. Because, because of the way the conference finals are set up. So yeah. I think it really would be quite a, a unique year i think that's where like if we expect it to end up being an east west kind of final then you know so be it the norm kind of falls into place but for it to be an east east kind of stanley cup final yeah. i think would be really interesting there was a scenario that somebody pointed out i think it was luke fox from sportsnet and this is a very leafs comment so i apologize but um, there, were, there was a scenario where the Leafs could have, um, they could have basically in the next lot of rounds played. So they would have played Montreal, who's an Atlantic division opponent, obviously. They would have then played Winnipeg. If they'd have pe beaten Winnipeg, they could have then gone on to play Tampa 
and then they could have gone on to play Boston in the Stanley Cup final. So they essentially could have ticked off an entire Atlantic division playoffs apart from the Winnipeg Jets to go through to the Stanley Cup. That'd be nuts. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's funny. And of course, the you know the divisions are going to be realigned. And also some news out of um, the uh, Canadian government as well, because they said that uh, teams are going to be allowed to travel between the States and Canada. There's going to be a travel exemption put in place for those NHL teams. So you are going to see the Montreal Canadiens kind of going back into to these American cities. And can you imagine what that's going to be like when they go into Vegas's building or Colorado's building? Cause that is going to be such an experience to kind of, yeah, have 18,000 fans in a stadium again. It's, oh, it's going to be great. It's going to be so good. Well, just a, a little bit of a, a heads up on some of the potential breaking news that Darren Dredger, TSN hockey insider has just tweeted Kadri eight game suspension upheld. Ah, uh, doesn't say the name of the source, but I would imagine if he's tweeting, that could be... Glad know. we didn't waste 10 minutes talking about the alternatives on the podcast ended today. <laughs> <laughs> Look, let's go back. Let's watch some hockey. We enjoy this crazy sport for the next few weeks that it's there. I mean, let's face it, watching a playoff game is far more interesting than watching the NHL draft go on and on and <laughs> on and on. So uh, we need to enjoy the hockey and uh, get behind our new teams. Uh, Go Vegas Golden Knights. Go New York Islanders. We are switching our colours. We are switching our teams temporarily. Let us know whether your team's still in the running or whether you, like us, have had to switch your colours just to keep interested in the playoffs uh, at NHL fans from afar. Uh, Have a great week, whatever you get up to. Enjoy some hockey. And uh, Jolan, cheer the hell up. (laughs) I'm going to be saying that for quite a few weeks to come, I think. (laughs) 